and welcome again to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, coming to you from a secret location somewhere in the Fraser Valley, and on the phone with us, you know, they said that James Brown was the hardest working man in show business, but I think maybe the busiest man in Canadian triathlon has got to be uh, Nathan Killam. Nathan, we finally connected. Finally. Right now, you're coming to us from your portable studio somewhere in the lower mainland, I guess? Very portable. So right now, you're between the end of your shift, working as a firefighter, and you're going to uh, work out uh, in the pool, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Well, let's let's jump into it. I mean, you're a busy guy. You're uh, a full-time dad, a full-time uh, firefighter. You do a lot of coaching. Of course, you're a professional triathlon. Um, how is it? How are you able to manage all of these demands on your time? Well, I think getting a lot better at time efficiency has really been a key factor for me. Try not to have a lot of gray space in between, you know, things that I'm doing. So I just want to make sure I'm not wasting much much time and also very very supportive wife who uh, really helps me kind of stay on track sometimes as well as actually squeeze in everything if I need some help uh, you know if uh, something goes a little over and I need some help you know squeezing some time in here or there she's very supportive now you had a pretty busy year back in uh, 2019 um what would you say were some of your highlights from last season i would definitely say the biggest highlight was coming third place at ironman mantra blunt that was really a breakthrough day for me against a pretty strong field with cody beals and lionel sanders antoine uh, de Rocher from quebec it was it's pretty special for me and do you have any um things that you're taking away from that race that you can use in the upcoming season? Yeah, certainly. I mean, up until that race, I hadn't really had a good Ironman experience. I just was never really able to execute. I would have good portions of an Ironman, but nothing, it didn't really all come together. And finally at Montreblanc, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I had a great race just from how I felt and performed throughout the race, but I kind of put it all together in that was really what was important and that's what gave me my result and it really showed me that I have a lot of ability to go faster than I thought I would and I really learned a lot about pacing and it uh, it was it was a big learning experience just to trust myself not to get too excited and use emotions mm-hmm. leaving the emotions out of it you know if someone comes by me on when, some, when there were some guys came by me on the bike and I thought you know what just let them go. You do you. They're going too hard. So really listening to myself and knowing where my limits were and what I needed to do to be able to perform my best. And I think that was a big learning experience for me where I've been a little bit more emotional in the past, which is fine at 70.3 racing. You can usually get past something like that. But at Ironman, it'll really slap you down if you you know make those early, early mistakes, especially on the bike. So... That was really big for me. So it's kind of like a slow-moving game of chess, analytical. You kind of have to put your ego in check because everybody knows you're uh, one of the top cyclists in Canadian triathlon. So to have anybody pass you on the bike, it's like, hey, look at me, I'm passing Nathan. But you're able to, uh, you know, 
calmed the ego, and it paid dividends later on in the race. It sure did. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I told myself through the race, and I said, you know what, today's going to be about that run. You've been working really hard. Just, you know, ride your watts. And I mean, I didn't feel very good on the bike after about two and a half, three hours. I just was having some issues with some pain in a few spots, but I said, you know what, just just do what you need to do to get off the bike, and, uh, and it, it worked out. So I think a lot of people have trouble keeping their ego in check. It was a really firm reminder that that was that's the right thing to do in Ironman. Now, in addition to your mustache, uh, I mean, one of the things that makes you such a, a favorite on the Canadian triathlon scene is the fact that you're this kind of like a triathlon warrior. You're really not afraid of anything. I mean, in the off-season, you get into the cyclocross, but you're also one of the uh, few elite Canadian triathletes, especially who does a little bit of everything. You do the uh, Super League triathlon series. Now, that's one of the things that really doesn't get a heck of a lot of press. Can you tell us, um, you know, what was your role in the past year doing the Super League uh, races? Yeah, so I got super lucky. Um <clears throat> Uh, last year, well, I guess it was late 2018, going into 2019, I had some luck and was invited out to race in the Super League Championship Series, which is the big pro series with all the, the best and brightest in short course racing. That, that you know, didn't actually go so well for me just because that's really not where my strengths are. And those guys are, I don't think people really understand how strong and fast and powerful those young short course guys are. Um, so they invited me out to come and do the qualifier in Ottawa last year, and that was exciting, racing against a lot of the best in Canada, all the young young guys, and seeing all the young girls out there racing. So I'm likely going to go back and race. I might go back to Ottawa this year, but I'm probably going to end up going to uh, Super League Arizona for their first U.S. qualifying race, and that's really exciting to me because I think this short course format that they're creating is extremely exciting and I think it's going to bring bigger viewership to the triathlon. So my, my, I guess my role was basically just trying to do my best qualify for the championship series again, which didn't end up happening, but you know, never say die. Mm -hmm. So in preparing for this and executing, I mean, the results were what they were, but um, now that you've had some time to reflect on, you know, your participation going into the Super League, what sorts of lessons did you learn from, you know, going into the deep end with these super fast, super young uh, short course people? Well, I definitely learned that if you think you're a good swimmer, you're really not. <laughs> and those young boys will show you. I mean, there is 18 year olds in there. And, you know, I, th I think I was probably six or seven, eight years older than the next youngest guy. And boy, do they swim fast, <laughs> unbelievably fast. Just when you start talking about times in the pool, it's just a whole different level that even than even there's a few guys in Ironman distance and 70.3 distance racing, some of the Uber swimmers that would, you know, do well, but even those guys would still fare you know, they'd be mid-pack in these guys. So it's, it's, it's pretty impressive to swim. And I just realized how much my swim was lacking. So that's something that I worked on a little bit last year. And, you know, I'm continually working on it. And it's really a, a weakness of mine. So I think for 70, or for the Super League, the swim is really, you need to have so much emphasis on that swim. 
and just uh, you know don't worry about pacing it's just you know 100% effort from when the gun goes off and like you were saying Nathan it's from a spectator's point of view I mean that race series that format of racing is just so entertaining extremely entertaining whether you're there or you're watching from YouTube one of the races that I wasn't able to participate in I still watch them live on YouTube and they're extremely exciting very fast paced they do really good work with the camera crews and there's never a dull moment there's always the commentator has always either got everyone excited and jazzed up if things aren't really going on but he really keeps you in the know of what's happening and if you're there I mean you can usually see the entire race or most of it anyways from where you're sitting Uh, there's a couple races like Mallorca where you can stand in one spot and see the entire race course and I think that's really something different that some groups have tried in the past but they didn't quite pull them off and I think Super League's making the spectator aspect really the, the primary excitement factor in Super League racing. Yeah, it was so exciting when we went down there a couple of years back for the um, Super League race in Penticton. Of course, it was super entertaining. We saw the uh, time trial, which I'm pretty sure a certain guy with a mustache had won. And didn't your training partner at times um, also do pretty well on the female side? Yeah, yes, she sure sure did. Rachel McBride did very well in the time trial as well. And once again, it was kind of unfortunate, uh, just a conspiracy of events, namely the, you know, smoke from all those forest fires. And then, uh, of course, uh, it was canceled for last year. But now it's uh, it's exciting because it's back in uh, back in Ottawa and a lot of things, you know, we wish them nothing but the best of luck. But let's go back into the uh, your schedule for 2020 as well. Now, one of your favorite races and one of the races that you've done super Super well as a Canadian in the field is the Wildflower Triathlon happening down in, I guess, Central California, close to uh, San Luis Obispo. Have you heard the latest? Do you know if that race is going on this year? I mean, to be honest, I think if it was going to go on, there would have been some kind of confirmation at this point because generally they want registration open long enough to be able to fill the field. And I'm really, you know, I, I would say I guess disappointed might be the right word. I'm not disappointed in Wildflower. I know that the race organizers there would do absolutely everything they can do to pull that race off. And I know they got kiboshed by the state last year. Not really anything personal, just the way they, they've set up the permits in that park. And, you know, it's super unfortunate that this race is probably not going to go on. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I would love this race to go on. Absolutely my favorite race of the season. But... You know, it seems like it's probably not going to be a go. Here we are only less than two months out at this point, and we still don't have confirmation. So things aren't really looking good. So I guess you're not planning your season around a return to Wildflower. Um, What other big races do you have on the schedule for 2020? Well, the biggest races this year for me, Ironman Canada, back in the home of Penticton, where it was for over three decades. And I'm super excited about that really putting a lot of eggs into that basket. I'm really focusing a lot of my energy on doing as well as I can there. You know, uh, if things go really, really well, maybe a Kona slot for 2021, mm-hmm. which would be really a goal of mine. And I'll be doing some 70.3 series races as well, mainly uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Eagleman 70.3, which is a race I haven't done, but a good friend of mine, Cody Beals, has been there for many years in a row doing very well and I'm excited to get out east and try that and then there's going to be uh, you know some kind of in-between races Xterra Victoria I'm really 
adding a lot of dirt to the season this year to kind of keep the fun factor up, mm-hmm. change things up, you know, try to keep things new, fresh, give my body some different stimulus. And there's going to be some mountain bike, cross-country racing, some uh, gravel races, as well as that big Victoria Xterra, which is really a fun race. I've done it in the past, and it's fantastic. Well, uh, we know that you're on kind of a, a tight time schedule this morning, so uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time. We finally connected, and when uh, I guess the both of us have a bit more time, we'll connect and go into some uh, some of those funner chats that we can both uh, you know chew the fat and tell some great stories about. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to reconnect with you guys. It's always a pleasure to have me on the show. Okay, have a great weekend. Uh, Don't break a leg or anything silly like that and wish us the best of luck as we go into battle at UBC on Saturday. Yeah, good luck, you guys.